be a fun one to read there, Mike. Um, in fact, I was planning on starting by telling you how we got to that reading for today. Because I was sitting in front of the lectionary reading scheduled for this day. Usually I pick one or two of them for us to read. And I kept reading them, and I kept reading them, and nothing was happening. Nothing. It just, I just couldn't get excited. The, some of the things that would come to me, I'd say, oh, we just recently talked about that. I don't want to talk about that again. And I think maybe I was a little bit impacted by all the intense focus around my mom and her last days and the funeral and the family and all of that. And so all of a sudden I'm sitting there after pounding away just trying to figure out where the breakthrough is, what I'm going to do. And I said, forget it. And I threw the lecture readings away. And, uh, and I said, so now what am I going to do? I need something lighter. I need something light. Have you ever had that experience? You know, you too much heavy stuff. And it's all been meaningful and good, but it's kind of like, that I don't want any more of that, right? So I was looking for something light. And then all of a sudden, the word play came into my head. And I said, play? I need to play. We need to be playful. Yes. But I had no idea where that came from. So I sat there for a few more minutes and said, where am I going to find a playful scripture? You know, most of it's really kind of serious stuff, right? Um, I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there. I'm at my desk in here. And just a few feet away from me is my black computer bag that many of you have seen. And inside that bag was a book that my daughter had given me for my birthday just a few weeks ago. I took it on the trip when I went back to the funeral to Des Moines, but I never really picked it up on the plane. But it was still sitting in the bag. And so I thought I'd come up with the idea of play independently. So I picked the book out of the bag. The name of the book is Play. How it shapes the brain, opens the imagination, and invigorates the soul. So why well, I don't have time to read this. Not now. But I did start browsing, and it got me kind of excited and inspired. And Mike, that's how you got the reading I got today. Because, um, yeah. <laughs> so that, that's, that's how we landed on the Song of Songs today. Um, it's... it's uh, it's a fun passage, and in a few minutes I'm going to read you some excerpts of some other passages from the Song of Solomon, or sometimes called the Song of Songs. Um, but, you know, you got to ask yourself, you know, now because I'm supposed to preach, right? What, what is the point of this, this reading, this, this book of the Bible? What possibly is God saying in God's Word here? What's that serious message? We're supposed to hear and do something with. Hmm. <laughs> you know, that hit me. This book is all about love. It's all about a love relationship between a man and a woman. And um, it's all about the courting. And so love at its best is playful. That was the first thing that came to me. Courting at its best is playful. I think we need to hear about that right now because in the age of, of the Me Too time, and in a time when it's right now embroiling everything in Washington, D.C., um, we're, we're getting a lot of examples of when 
the mutuality of a, of a courting and a love isn't quite there, and things are not respected. Um, each person is not respected for who they are in the process. So I think it's a good time to remember that at its best, love is playful, courting is playful, but only when it's when it's safe because there's a mutuality going on there. So then it made me wonder, is God playful? Ever thought about that question? Is God playful? How does playfulness fit into God's creation? So I went back into this book to maybe get some ideas to focus on. And um, I just want to share with you some things that were, were said about um, play in here. Um, so benefits of play. You become smarter. Did you know that? You learn more about the world because play is a way of experimenting. Play helps you adapt to a changing world. And especially true in children, though maybe true in us too, uh, play is critical and essential to the development of the brain. Did you know that? Of course. Of course. You don't have to read that stuff anymore, right? Yeah. Um, so, in adult play, um, that play is, is a place where we can experiment in safety. Um, it's a place where we can uh, explore less intensely ourselves and others. It's a place where we can let go of tension, where we can redirect our brains a little bit, where we can restore our energy. And there was, a, I guess, an article a few years ago in Runner's World magazine. Do we have any runners here? I don't know, Cassandra's not here. But anybody else been a runner any time in their life? And Runner's World said a few years ago in this article that there's um, four types of runners. There's the exerciser. There's the competitor. There's the enthusiast. And there's the socializer. So the last two, the enthusiast and the socializer, clearly are totally in it for the playfulness. Um, the exerciser and the competitor, they can take it too serious or they can have a playfulness around it as well. It's a little bit of more of a mixed bag with those. But I think that's true for all of us and whenever we play, you play games with people and you just want to relax for a night and somebody sits at the game table and they're treating it like it's the end of the world if they don't win, right? You know, it's like not very, it doesn't feel very playful. Um, I think in a way, play is kind of a, a state of mind. A definition of play that I came across as I was reading, um, absorbing apparently purposeless activity that provides enjoyment and a suspension of self-consciousness and a suspension of a sense of time. So hear that again. Absorbing apparently purposeless activity. Notice apparently. That provides enjoyment and a suspension of self-consciousness and a sense of time. You definitely get that feel when you read this Song of Solomon passage, but when you read the entire thing, because it's all like this, and it even gets uh, kind of more 
sensual and graphic at different points. Um, did you remember, some of you do, because we just revised our bylaws, that one of the big missions of the church, according to our church bylaws, do you remember what it is? Have fun. Have fun. I used to think that was kind of silly. I remember when I first read that in the bylaws, I said, no, we're supposed to accomplish great things, we're just having fun stuff. But, you know, I think I've been converted. Um, so I guess we're going to have to focus more on, on how we fulfill that mission, how we are playful in this congregation, how it is that we have fun. Um, I wanted to um, come back into Song of Songs. I could have given you some like that might have made you blush a little bit, possibly. I've done it before, yes. Um, and I wanted to just, if I can get my marker here, I wanted to share with you. So in the fifth chapter, starting with the ninth verse, um, so if you wanted to follow along, this is a good one to read from the beginning to end, but I'm just going to give you a few more excerpts. Um, it's on page 590 in your pew Bibles, near the bottom of the left column. What is your beloved more than another beloved, O fairest among women? What is your beloved more than another beloved that you thus adjure us? My beloved is all radiant and ruddy, distinguished among ten thousand. Now picture this now. His head is the finest gold, his locks are wavy, black as raven. His eyes are like dove, beside springs of water, bathed in milk, fitly set. His cheeks are like beds of spices, yielding fragrance. His lips are lilies, distilling liquid myrrh. His arms are rounded gold, set with jewels. His body is ivory work encrusted with sapphires. His legs are alabaster columns set upon bases of gold. His appearance is like Lebanon, choices, choice as the cedars. His speech is most sweet, and he is altogether desirable. This is my beloved. This is my friend, O daughter of Jerusalem. That's pretty uh, graphic, right? Anybody ever had somebody talk to you about what well, you looked in such descriptive and poetic forms before? Uh, it's, now, i got to tell you something, because as we think about whether God is playful and how playfulness fits into God's creation, there are two books in the entirety of the Bible that do not mention God. Anybody know what they are? This is one of them. Song of Solomon, God is never mentioned. It's all about this courting that's going on between this man and this woman. They're pretty much the only characters in here. Um, God is never mentioned. The other one is uh, the book of Esther in the Old Testament. But in the book of Esther, uh, some religious rituals are referred to in there. Um, so that's kind of a, a step up from, from what we get here. Um, but those are the only two books in the whole Bible. So... Um, I was wondering this week, maybe if God told us to be playful, we would take it as a duty and as a task, right? <laughs> so the invitation to be playful kind of had to 
set the name of God aside so we might take it, um, I was going to say seriously, but we might take it fully within ourselves as something helpful to who we are as human beings and who we are in God's creation. Um, yeah, the only two books in the Bible. Now, chapter 6, beginning with verse 5, so that's on the bottom of the right column of 590. Turn away your eyes from me, for they overwhelm me. Your hair is like a flock of goats moving down the slopes of Gilead. Your teeth are like a flock of ewes that have come up from the washing. All of them bear twins, and not one of them is bereaved. Your cheeks are like halves of a pomegranate behind your veil. There are sixty queens and eighty concubines and maidens without number. My dove, my perfect one, is the only one, the darling of her mother, flawless to her that bore her. The maiden saw her and called her happy, the queens and the concubines also, and they praised her. Who is this that looks forth like the dawn, fair as the moon, and bright as the sun, terrible as an army with banners? Just very descriptive and... One more, in chapter 7 on 591, beginning at the first verse. How graceful are your feet in sandals, O queenly maiden! Your rounded thighs are like jewels, the work of a master hand. Your navel is a rounded bowl that never lacks mixed wine. Your belly is a heap of wheat encircled with lilies. I almost want an artist so we could draw this all out. Your two breasts are like two fawns, twins of a gazelle. Your neck is like an ivory tower. Your eyes are pools in Heshbon by the gate of Bath Ribbon. Your nose is like a tower of Lebanon overlooking Damascus. And your head crowns you like caramel. And your flowing locks are like purple. This is the Bible. Isn't it amazing what's in the Bible? I could say the call today is to take serious, to be playful. But I think, you know, it's something that we all, I think we all struggle with. I mean, most of the people I talk to struggle with it. It's kind of like a lot of hard things happen in life. And we talk about, oh, maybe I need to go on a vacation, or maybe I just need to do this. But it's so hard when things are pressing on us to give ourselves the time and the space to be playful. I think the other part of it from the Song of Solomon today is how we make our relationships playful. Not how just we do play, but how we play with others and how we play in our love relationships. You know, something probably could get in trouble talking about in church. But, um, but I think these things, you know, one of the things I have discovered also in reading this book um, is that there's a, I guess he died a couple of years ago, but did you know down at our great Cougar Nation that there was a guy in the veterinary sciences area who kind of became world famous, Jock Punk, I don't, I'm not sure how to say his name, P-A-N-K-S-E-P-P, but he was at WSU for years, uh, and he created an institute of play there, he was studying rats to help understand how human beings might play and what play, how play functioned in human beings. 
if you go on YouTube, and I found a number of videos, not just of him, but of people after he died, talking about the significant contribution he made. So right here in our neighborhood, um, we've had the study of the importance of play in our human um, in our human creation. Um, so I think today um, I want to affirm the fact that as science studies the importance of play, there's been a lot of studies over the years, especially in children, and what happens in play and how important it is to the development. And if you take their play away, especially the creativeness of it, how it kind of stunts their development. Um, and, but I think it's true for us as adults as well. And if all of that is true, if we find that from the study of how human beings work, that tells me we were created to be creatures who play. And that we can't live to our full human potential. We can't be everything God knows us to be if, if in understanding that we're created in the image and likeness of God, we don't put play right there in the center of the mix of what that's about. So I'm going to invite you um, today, and this is something I invite you, but I'm not really very good at it myself. I'm not good at being a leader of playfulness or silliness in front of groups. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to invite you uh, throughout worship to, to uh, be playful, maybe invite somebody else to be playful with you, um, we're going to spend a little bit of time having some conversation about it. Um, after we have our pairing and sharing, we're going to talk a little bit about play. Um, we have a song which I've always loved because it's the silliest song in our hymnal. Maybe the silliest song ever put together to be sung in church. Um, I sing a song of the saints of God. It's just absolutely hilarious. Don't read it as serious. It's really fun and playful. Um, so I'm going to invite you to see the silliness of that. Imagine even your own words that you could put in some of those verses uh, that would be kind of silly. Also, when we get to the end of worship, when we sing, we are marching in the light of God, we're going to try to have fun with that. So what do you think we should do while we are marching in the light of God? Let me hear that. Yes. All right. So I'm hoping one of you will be inspired, because we all need leaders to follow, right? I'm hoping one or more of you will, will be inspired to get us going on, on the march. And It doesn't have to be orderly. It can go in a million different directions, uh, but I'm hoping we can have a little fun with that. We're going to sing it through three times and get a little faster each time, so um, it, should be, it should be a lot of fun. Um, if you really can't move around, because I know it's hard for some, uh, find a way to be silly in place or, or be the one that's laughing and smiling at the others who are, who are being marching around and having a lot of fun doing that. So, so there's a role for everybody when we get to that. But I'm going to invite you now into a few minutes of conversation uh, in, as you pair up with one other person here. And, I, and the questions are in your bulletin. The first one is, in what ways is your life playful? I hope you can think of one. So. Second question. According to our church bylaws, a key element of our church mission is to have fun. What can we do as a church to have fun? Okay? I'm sure you'll come up with some ideas on that. 
So pair up and talk about one or both of those questions, depending on what you get uh, really focused on. Playtime, folks. Playtime.